Good morning. You ready for the word? Let's stand for the reading of the word. Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out of the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but we have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners and the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, uh, he fell down at Jesus' feet and knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, for from now on you'll be catching people. And when they had brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the reading of the word of God for God's people, and God's people did say, you may be seated. Do you know what the word amen means? Yes. Yes. It's our way of saying yes to God. This morning my message is titled, one simple yes after another. I'd like to take a moment now and just take a moment to do a little survey of Peter's life. Peter is one of the great heroic figures of our faith. It was Peter that Jesus called on the seashore to be an apostle. It was Peter who first confessed in Jesus as the Christ, the Son of God. It was Peter that Jesus said, I will build my church on your confession. And it was Peter, some three and a half years later, that we see this rather dramatic moment. Scan forward to the book of Acts. Jerusalem is crowded with people. Packed. Thousands have come there for a religious festival, the Feast of Pentecost. Fifty days after the resurrection of Jesus. The crowd is buzzing with excitement and energy. And Peter preaches the first gospel message after the resurrection of Jesus. His preaching is so effective and so powerful that when he finishes preaching, many in the crowd cry out and say to him, what must we do to be saved? Peter then delivers the gospel message. His first sermon, the first Christian sermon, 3,000 people respond 
to the message. 3,000 are baptized, and 3,000 are added to the church that day. Now, when you consider what has transpired over three and a half years, it's an amazing thing that's occurred. Peter, who is down in the bottom of the boat, an illiterate, uneducated fisherman, crying out, get away from me, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, is now the Peter standing in front of thousands preaching the first gospel message that thousands respond to. How did it happen? How did Peter in the boat become Peter at Pentecost? One simple yes after another. You see, it's not just one yes to God that changes their life. You know, you can say yes to God and it will make an impact on your life. But it's saying one simple yes after another that will change and alter the direction of your life fundamentally. And that's Peter's story. Peter heard Jesus preach for the first time in Capernaum, which was the town where he lived. The synagogue was literally across the street from his own home. He heard Jesus preach. He saw his miracles. And after preaching one time at the synagogue, Peter says, come to my house. Jesus said yes. And from that moment on, Peter began saying yes to Jesus. Yes, you can use my boat. Yes, I will push out to the deeper water. Yes, I will let down my nets. And yes, I will follow you. Yes, you are the Christ. And after Jesus was raised from the dead, and after Peter had felt Jesus, he said yes again to feed his sheep. Peter became the preacher he became, the apostle he became, not because of one yes, but because of many yeses, one yes after another. Now you know it's true, because it's true in life. Teresa and I have been married for 25 years. Uh, our marriage is not vibrant and healthy and meaningful because we said yes one time, but we just keep saying yes. I walked into a restaurant one day where she was the manager of the restaurant, and I said, uh, would you go on a date with me? And she said, yes. Called her a week later, would you go on another date with me? Yes. I love you. Do you love me? Yes. We go to Hot Springs, Arkansas. We go to a nice restaurant. I hand her a ring, and I say, will you marry me? She says, yes. We're standing in the altar at the church I served, Parkview Christian Church, and I looked at her, she looked at me, and before God, we said, yes. A little bit time later, God said, move to Texas, and thankfully, she said, yes. And then one day, we got a phone call from the church out of the blue that said, move to Louisville, Kentucky, we said yes. And over 25 years of marriage, we just keep saying yes to one another. Yes to forgiveness, yes to grace, yes to tenderness, yes to love. It's the same thing with being a parent. You don't become a good father or a mother with just one yes. Lots of yeses. You know, you're holding that beautiful baby girl or baby boy in your arms, and you're saying yes to God, thank you, God. But there's a whole lot of yeses after that. Yes to getting up in the middle of the night because your baby can't sleep and has colic. You know, yes to changing lots and lots of diapers. Will you change this one? Yes. You know, yes to joining the PTA. Yes, when your son says, Dad, after he's already lost seven of your belts that he left at school, can I borrow your belt? Yes. And so you go to Walmart and you buy seven or eight more. <laughs> you just keep saying yes to you. 
yes to saving money for college. And your whole life, you know, to be a good parent, it's about saying yes. That's true of my story of how I became your minister. It wasn't just a call one afternoon that led me to be your pastor. It was a lot of yeses. Do you know when the first yes that occurred that led me to be your minister? was my father who said, yes to God, I'm going to take my son and my daughter to church. And the same father when I said, Dad, are we going to church on Sunday? And he said, yes, every Sunday. You don't have to ask again. We've already made that decision. It was a yes I made to be baptized, to give my life to Christ. It was a yes to go to church camp. It was a yes to be a minister. It was a yes to go to college. It was a yes to go to divinity school. It was a yes to serve the student church. Eventually, yes to come to Louisville, Kentucky to be your pastor. And over 17 years, we said yes again, again, and again. For your life, where it is today and where it was then, there's been a whole lot of yeses between now and then. But it all begins, right, with one simple yes. It all begins with a very simple yes. I mean, think about it. All adventures, all great adventures begin with a simple yes. Noah said yes to build an ark. Abraham said yes to God to move his family. Joseph said yes to God when he said, forgive your brothers. Moses said yes to God to go to Pharaoh and confront him to let the Israelites go. Rahab said yes uh, when asked to hide the Israelite spies and to risk her own life. Do you want me to go on? Yes, right? Come on, do you want me to go on? Yes, okay. Esther said yes when Mordecai told her to go to the king to save her people. Daniel said yes to God when he refused to bow down to the foreign king. And Mary said yes to having the baby Jesus. And Peter said yes. I don't know why we get the idea that following Jesus is a boring, dull, dry life. It's an exciting life of adventure that begins with that first yes. It's why Jesus himself said in John 10.10 that he's called us to an abundant life. Why Eugene Peterson in the message translations of Romans 8.15 says... We're not called to a grave, tending life. We're called to an adventurous and expectant life where we say to God, what's next, Papa? What's next? It's just one simple yes after another. But let me point out something to you very interesting about this story with Peter. Do you know that when Peter was in that boat, when he said yes, he had no idea what he was saying yes to, did he? Had no idea that one day he'd end up in Jerusalem. And that's what it is. God is looking for people who don't have to figure everything out before they say yes. Who have to have all their questions answered before they say yes. God's just looking for people who will say yes. Yes to whatever's next. To the future. When we say yes to God, we are saying yes to wherever you will take me. I have no idea where this yes. I'm just following you. I'm following your lead. It's this spirit and this attitude that says, God, I don't know where you want to take me. I don't know where you want me to go. I don't know how you want to lead me. But I know that you know what's best for me. So in this moment, in this spirit, I just say yes to whatever it is in this moment in time. Peter had no idea what God had in mind for him. But he just said, yes, here I am, Lord. Use me with his first simple yes. Now, people have been asking me uh, this week, all this week, people outside our church and stuff, David, why would you want to leave such a wonderful church? Why would you want to leave Louisville? Your family's here. Why would you want to leave? Well, there's an answer that's simple. God calls. 
Just as God called me here 17 years ago, God is calling our family to leave. But what I want to share with you is that last summer, last summer, during the middle of the summer, I began to pray this prayer. God, I feel like there's another season, a new adventure ahead of me. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is you want me to do, but I'm here. I'm ready. I want to serve you. Don't know if it means here. Doesn't, I, I just, whatever you want for me. I was just in this place where I began to feel God's spirit stirring within me as I was reading the Bible in the morning and thinking about what's ahead of me. You know, I've got a whole life ahead of me about how I'm going to use the gifts that God has given me. And I've had a wonderful, wonderful life here for 17 years. God, what is it? So I began to say yes to God before anyone had ever called me. Was it looking for another church? Was it looking for a new opportunity? Praying yes, yes, yes. And then one day, out of the blue, I get a phone call from a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I just said, well, yes, I'll talk to you. There was one simple yes after another. Let me say this to you this morning. I think that God's asking the same thing of our church this morning. The same thing he was asking of me. What he's asking of you in this in-between time is to do what you did 17 years ago. To just say yes to whatever's next. To, to, to know that God is at work in these in-between times. That sometimes God does his best work in people's hearts and spirits in a time of transition. Just like I was in a time of transition last summer, opening myself up to God, you're entering one now where you begin to pray, God, what is next for us? We're just going to say yes to you. And before I ever came, 17 years ago, there was a faithful congregation here who was praying urgently and earnestly for God to speak. And then one day I got a phone call. By the time I arrived, the church was ready to go and take off, and we took off, and we had a great, great burst of energy and growth from the beginning. I am fully confident that at this moment, there's someone somewhere saying, God, what is it that's next for me? And then one day there's going to be a phone call, and someone's going to walk in this building just as I did 17 years ago, and you're going to know, you're going to know this is it, this is next. And God's, I'm so excited about your future and about what God has in mind for you. You know, I used to think this. I used to believe, I used to believe that you have to be an extraordinary person for God to use you. Now, my life has convinced me that you don't have to be extraordinary for God to use you at all. He can use any ordinary idiot like me. He can use you. And the reality is, when you look in the Bible, the reality is in the Bible, none of the people... None of the people in the Bible were remarkable in any way. They were remarkably unremarkable. I sometimes think the only reason they were chosen is just because they said yes. I mean, I wonder how many people said no to God about building a boat before Noah said yes. How many people do you think said no to God before Moses said yes? Hmm. How many people do you think said no, 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 I'm not going to fight a giant. Pick somebody else before David said yes. How many people do you think said, no, God, I am not going to give birth to the Son of God. That's absolutely nuts. Pick somebody else before Mary said yes. How many people do you think said, you can't use my boat. I'm too busy with my business. I'm too tired. We're not going to, you can't use my boat before Peter said, you can use my boat. Now, I know some of you are thinking this morning that I'm talking to all the young people sitting over here. I'm just talking to people who are 17 or 27 that saying yes is a young man's adventure. 
But the reality is, it doesn't matter whether you're 27 or 37 or 57 or 77 or 87. Every day you get the opportunity to say yes to God. I remind you that Abraham himself was in his 70s when God said move. David was just a boy when God said fight the giant. And Lazarus was dead, just flame dead, before he said yes. Now you laugh, but every Sunday I'm preaching to dead people. No, I, I, that's not that funny actually. But what I mean is, there are people who walk into our building literally who have been so beaten down in life that they are spiritually dead. Who have been beaten down, worn out, tired, frustrated, You've felt failure and disappointment in your life, and you've had so much disappointment, you know, divorce, difficulty, hardship, sickness, loss, all these things, that you just feel like there's nothing left for you. And this morning, I want to proclaim the gospel to you, that the God who is the God of yes has already said yes to you before you've even said yes. That's the great news. You can say yes to God if you are feeling spiritually dead this morning because he's already said yes to you. Before you were ever born, he knew who you were. He knew your name. Before you ever stepped out of your mother's womb, he knew your name. Before you ever thought that God loved you or knew of God, God loved you. And God loved you so much that God has already said yes to all of creation, you included, that that God said yes and became a human being. Live the life that you've lived. That God in Jesus Christ, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son so no one perish, but all would have eternal life. That God allowed his son to be put on a cross to remove every barrier between you and God. That's the ultimate yes for you. And on Easter Sunday, he opened up the grave and got Jesus out of the grave and said yes to Jesus. And today he's saying yes to you. He says, come out. Walk out of that grave. Live your life. Anyone in Christ is a new creation and is a new beginning. The old has passed away and the new has come. That, that's the gospel. Now, I have one curious, uh, do you care if I go on just a little bit more? I don't only got three sermons left, so I might as well make it for all I can. But there's an unusual thing in this story. When you read what happens before the miracle, miracle of fish catch, Jesus is in the home of Peter's home with his mother-in-law. His mother-in-law is sick. And Jesus heals her. But Peter says nothing. The second miracle Peter sees is the miraculous catch of fish. And Peter is overwhelmed by it. Did it ever occur to you or ask the question, why was Peter not impressed when his mother-in-law was healed and very impressed we got a boatload of fish? I thought maybe he didn't like his mother-in-law. I don't know. Could be. Don't know. Don't know. Didn't know his mother-in-law. I've been thinking about it all week. I didn't have anything else to do. All week, why? Because with each yes we say to Jesus, we understand better who he is. I think it represents a progression of faith. Yes, you can come to my house, Jesus. Yes, you can get in my boat. Yes, I'll put down my net. And every time you say yes to Jesus, you understand who he is, how powerful he is, and what he can do for you and for your life. He is a God of yes. And every time we say yes to him over the course of a lifetime, 
our understanding of him grows. And you know what we learn over the course of a lifetime of saying yes? That God, that God is loving, that God is for us and not against us, that God loves us, and that God is a God of yes. I want to thank you for 17 years ago saying yes to our family. And I want to say thank you for 17 years of always saying yes to when God's called us to do something great or good in our community. But mostly I just want to say thank you for being a church that understands that the gospel is best lived out when we say yes to people. And for being a church that is firmly rooted in its identity that all people are welcome to every sacrament in our church, everyone and all without asterisks, that the gospel is truly for all people. I'm confident that this church has a big role to play in this city because you are a church that says yes to life, yes to love, yes to grace, and yes to people. Yes.